48 days until kickoff, and so much is still left to be discussed. We now have no preseason, no fans in the stands for many teams, and still no name for that team up in D.C. We do, however, have the 20 best quarterbacks in the NFL that are eyeing great seasons ahead. Where does your favorite player land in our countdown? Find out now on Beyond the Blitz. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen. The Blitz crew back at it, as always. Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, and welcome back to part three of four of our top 40 quarterback countdown. Last week, we did quarterbacks number 30 through 21. So if you haven't watched those past two episodes, go back and watch them now. And let us begin with our five NFL headliners. And my, oh my, a lot went down this past week, including the NFL and the NFLPA agreeing on something for once, this time on having no preseason games at all. How will this affect the 2020 season, Justin? Well, it's going to affect the 2020 season, mostly for the people just trying to make rosters. And right now, the NFLPA and NFL just said that the rosters are going to be shortened from 90 to 80 very soon. Not having any preseason games in addition to the rosters being shortened like that, it's going to be really hard for some of these undrafted free agents to making these teams. And so also not having a preseason is going to really affect, I mean, we talked about it a couple months ago with Matt Nagy finally starting some of his players if we had a preseason because some of these teams have brand new quarterbacks coming in and they have to learn the system. And what better way to learn the system than to go against real live defenses in preseason games? You're not going to have the opportunity to do that. So I think there's going to be a little bit of rustiness from a couple of these teams and players as the season starts, if we get a start to the season when they expect it to start early in September, if not maybe later down the road. But that there's just going to be a couple of obstacles for some of these teams because they don't have preseason. I'm actually genuinely surprised the NFL caved in on this one because I was really excited for the two preseason games. I've been saying for a long time how two is better than four, two is better than zero as well. And what I fail to understand is what do these two extra weeks make any difference when you have a 17-week season coming up? These players are going to be in close contact with each other. Not that much is going to change within two weeks. So I don't think this is a good omen for the start of the season because I just don't understand how two extra weeks is any big of a difference. We now have more news on the start of training camp. NFL rookies have already reported the training camp on July 21st. QBs and injured players reported yesterday on the 23rd, and all other players will report to camp on July 28th. Rosters for all teams will also have to be down to 80 players at the start of camp, resulting in over 320 cuts around the NFL. Do you think this is a weird way of approaching this, or is the league getting it right? I think this is a weird way of approaching it, but it has to be the way that they do it. So, I mean, the answer to this question is both. Yes, it is a weird way, but also I think the NFL is getting it right because you have to have time for all these players and their families to get tested. I mean, we've seen on Twitter all these players like Russell Wilson and other players coming through social media, through Twitter, and asking for the NFL to do more with COVID because they 
want to have healthy families because they can't just go into work, possibly get COVID and then come back to their families and affect their families as well. So they're worried about the health and well-being as well. So I think having this delay start or maybe the start that they really need to have but also just continuing to do that for COVID. I think it is the right thing to do because they're caring more about the families than they are the game. But also, again, now not having those preseason games, it allows the NFL to have a longer time of those COVID testings. And then teams that also have a longer time of training camp than you would normally have without those preseason games. I think this, again, like I said, it's a weird way, but it also, I think the league is getting it right to a degree. I think another thing teams are starting to look at as this deadline approaches is that the opt-out option is still very much a thing. And if they get wind that a rookie, say you drafted in the fifth or sixth round, wants to opt out, they could very well become a part of these 320 cuts. You could have an athlete you really want on your team, and then the rookie opts out of the season, and you don't want to waste money on somebody who's not playing for you. So why not just throw him into the cuts? So I think this could very well affect a lot of rookies that were drafted later on in the rounds as well if they choose that opt-out option. Moving on, multiple teams have made announcements concerning no fans in the stands, as a lot of teams are not going to allow any fans in the stands. Other ones are just limiting the amount of fans and participation, and others have yet to make an announcement. The teams that are allowing fans to attend games must be required to wear protective masks at all times. We have updates on the following. The Rams will play their first season in their new stadium with almost no fans still yet in a limit on that, but they will allow a few for their first season in the new stadium. The Giants and Jets will play up in MetLife with absolutely no fans, so MetLife will be empty. There goes my concert I was going to attend to MetLife in September. Sad face. The Houston Texans are limiting seating capacity to 14,000 this season. The Atlanta Falcons are limiting fans in between 10 to 20,000. The Jacksonville Jaguars seating is up to 25% capacity this season. Las Vegas Raiders owner Mark Davis will not attend any games if there are no fans. You know, this is another team with a brand new stadium and their owner is trying to make support with fans, but you know, he's already kind of lost a lot of support over recent years. So I'm not sure if this is the right move on his part. The Philadelphia Eagles have also said they will have zero fans in their stance. They joined the Ravens on that announcement, and many more other teams have pending announcements coming soon. Are many of these guidelines liable to change soon? What can we expect from other teams that have yet to make an announcement? And what does this mean for season ticket holders? Well, going first on the season ticket holders, I've seen lots of teams already said, and this is not just for the NFL, but multiple leagues agree across the nation are saying that for season ticket holders that they are allowing them uh, to get their money back for it, which is honestly a great thing. If teams haven't done that yet, I think they should, or they will just allow them to have season tickets for the next season. Again, I don't really know what that looks like from a money perspective, but I think that would be a great thing. Either one is at least having the options for fans would be great. Um, And then what could we expect from other teams that have yet to make an announcement? Like you've been saying for the past couple of weeks, it all just depends state by state right now. I think the biggest question is that is the NFL going to have a league wide statement saying you guys can't have fans in any of the stands anymore, just making it equal throughout the NFL, or are they just going to continue the state-by-state basis here? I think that's going to be the biggest thing as far as, again, with guidelines and those things. I think the guidelines are going to be the same for every team that has fans in the stands, but whether or not the NFL says you can't have fans in the stands at all 
it just depends how bad COVID gets within the next couple of months. I said this multiple times and there are still 48 more days to come, but I think if one team in the NFL is going to have empty seats, every team should have empty seats because that is an unfair advantage gifted to a lot of teams. And right now it looks like the Jacksonville Jaguars have the highest home field advantage this season, which is just kind of weird looking at the scheme of things. I am personally kind of pessimistic about fans in the stands in this upcoming season, but I'm an optimistic person overall, so we shall see. Antonio Brown has stepped away from football again, announcing his retirement this week. Dolphin safety Rashad Jones is stepping back to reevaluate his future. And the Seahawks legendary pass rusher Michael Bennett also announced his retirement this week. What are their legacies in the NFL, and will any of them make the Hall of Fame? I think out of the three, Antonio Brown has the best chance of making the Hall of Fame. Now, as far as off-the-field issues go, again, we saw guys like Terrell Owens because his personality, his off-the-field issues and everything, he made the Hall of Fame based on talent alone. Again, I think everyone is saying if Antonio Brown just played for three or four more seasons, he's a first-bout Hall of Famer. Now, I'm not so sure. I think he could make the Hall of Fame after 15 years waiting. It's already hard enough to get into the Hall of Fame as a wide receiver as it is. So Antonio Brown cutting his career a little bit short, that's really going to affect whether or not he's going to get in the Hall of Fame. However, I will say Antonio Brown made the right decision to cut his career short. I kind of hope he doesn't come back to the NFL unless his mind is 100% healthy. He needs to take care of his mind and take care of his body. Um, and just, again, just take care of the mental issues that he's having because they're serious. And I think he really needs to do that before he can really focus on anything else. So I think this is a really good decision for Antonio Brown. And now Rashad Jones, I think he's just been one of those players who has really been helping the teams that he's been on again he's signed a massive contract with the Dolphins and really hasn't done too much again he's a really good tool on the field for a defense especially in the back end I think he's been good for that but again not Hall of Fame caliber but I think good enough to be a pro bowler every couple of years and then Michael Bennett he's been one of those guys who's been able to come to teams and really play well I mean we saw it with the Seahawks, he did well there, and with the Eagles, and then the Patriots a little bit, and then the Cowboys. I mean, every team he's been on, he's been a really good player on that defensive line. Uh, not, I don't think he's Hall of Fame worthy. I think maybe if he played a season or two more, maybe, but he's still getting up there in age. But I think he's one of those guys who you could put in on third down and expect him to get a sack or make a big play on third down. So I'm not doubting that he was a great player, but maybe not Hall of Fame worthy. I think Antonio Brown is going to receive the Terrell Owens treatment, and he will be kept out of the Hall of Fame for a long time, despite how great of an athlete he was, simply because of his behavior. Antonio Brown also did not have nowhere near the on-field legacy T.O. had. For that reason, Antonio Brown, I do not think, will make the Hall of Fame. Out of these three players, I can see Michael Bennett making it in. Probably not a first ballot, but he is still a great player. He meant a lot to the Seahawks Legion of Boom, so I can very well see him making it into the Hall of Fame. And finally, the story of the week. Following a stream of sexual abuse allegations against several high-ranking officials in the Redskins organization, if I can still call them that for now, including members of Dan Snyder's inner circle past and present, fans are once again calling for Snyder to sell the team. After all that has happened this offseason, should he step down now or continue to fight it out? This is a very interesting conversation to really have because Dan Schneider, I mean, we look at the record that he's have. I don't know his exact record, but I know it's like 140 wins and 190 losses and then one tie. That's not good for an NFL owner. I mean, we've seen some owners have good seasons at least get to the conference championship games. 
And Dan Schneider hasn't even done that. He's won one playoff game, and that was against Chris Sims and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So if that is really your legacy, I think, you know, living with a couple of Redskins fans, I think he needs to sell the team. And think right now you're in the position where the team is going on a downhill trend. Like, forget the team rebuilding. This whole organization is rebuilding. I don't think I've really ever have seen that or heard that i've seen teams rebuild but never organizations uh the real question is who's gonna buy the redskins i think we could see a situation i mean honestly from hearing a couple of washington football fans they would love to see a packers type situation where the city of washington is the one that owns the franchise i think that might be the best thing for the redskins because i think they just need an internal change and it has to start from dan schneider i mean Redskins fans have been saying that for years and I've been hearing that for years and I believe that Dan Schneider eventually I think he needs to sell this team because again a lot of people are already selling their stakes in the Redskins franchise and a lot of other players are you know as far as people that are invested in the Redskins franchise are starting to pull out I think a change of scenery as far as an owner is really what's gonna do that uptrend I think Dan Schneider will lose more money than he will gain if he doesn't sell the team right now I think that's what he should do. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. In my opinion, I think he'll hold on to the team because that's just what happened in years past for the Redskins. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I want to retract some of what I said in my rundown series. I did not have the Redskins at first getting the number one overall pick in the draft. I want to retract that statement. I do think the Redskins will be the worst team this upcoming season. There is just so much going on in that organization right now that is distracting them from playing football. I just don't see how this team can be a competitive team this year. I still have high hopes for Dwayne Haskins. I think he's going to be a decent quarterback. They will have good plays. Scary Terry's going to have one of the better sophomore campaigns of any receiver this upcoming year. But the team as a whole just has so much going on that I don't see how this is going to be the best team in the league by any regards. And you're right, Justin. This team will not be a competitor until Dan Snyder is no longer affiliated with this team. He needs to sell the team yesterday if this team has any chance of competing in the near future. Well, with all of that out of the way, it's time to move on to brighter things. I am talking about, of course, the continuation of our top 40 QB countdown. We don't believe Chris Sims got it right. I believe we do. Two different opinions, Justin and I, two different rankings. Today, we're focusing on quarterbacks 20 through 11. Next week, we will do our top 10, the best of the best. But now, we're going to give you a little bit of foreshadowing into who might be in that top 10. And I'm going to start us off with my number 20 quarterback in the NFL. He's a guy who had a lot of hope coming into the NFL. He had a couple of good seasons, led his team to the Super Bowl one year, and last year just looked bad. One of the big reasons this team didn't go back to the playoffs, and I'm talking, of course, about L.A. Rams quarterback Jared Goff. Jared Goff has had highlights of something special. We've seen him play very well sometimes. But at the end of the day, Jared Goff's success in the past was in large part due to his team. For a long part of his career, he had the best running back in the NFL, one of the best defenses in the NFL. He's just had a good team around him. He's had one of the better coaches in the NFL. Jared Goff himself has always been a question mark, and last year even more so. He's moved down a little bit on my list, and I don't see him moving back up anytime soon. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Derek Carr in the regards that he has potential, but he just 
isn't living up to it. So I can't rank him any higher than this, even though I want to, I just can't. Brandon, this is the second time on this list where we have the same quarterback at the same ranking. I have Jared Goff at number 20 as well. And copy and paste a lot of what you said. It's just surprising to me. He has one of the better receiving cores and he did before they got rid of Brandon Cooks. Uh, One of the best receiving cores in the NFL and also Todd Gurley, who was coming off of a fantastic season in 2018, and they just couldn't get it all together. And you were talking about Derek Carr, and we both said a change of scenery might be nice, but I think for Jared Goff, this is the best scenery for him to be in, to be a successful quarterback. I don't really know what went wrong for Jared Goff last year. I mean, he's got everything around him. I think he's got the arm talent to do well. I think I'm going to kind of go a little bit opposite of you. I think this is the year where Jared Goff has to prove he's the quarterback in L.A. because he signed that huge contract with the Rams, and that contract said that he was going to be the franchise quarterback. I'm not quite sure anymore. You said he's probably going to go down this list. I say that this is a season where if he doesn't go up the list, I'm going to have to agree with you. He's going to go down the list if he doesn't do well this season. You know, we both have the Rams doing pretty decent going into this season, but Jared Goff, again, this is a season he has to prove himself. Moving on to my number 19, and I have him ranked a lot higher than you did. We talked about Sam Darnold earlier, and I'm going to put him here at 19. I believe Sam Darnold is an athlete. I believe he has potential. I also believe he's on one of the worst teams in the NFL and set up for failure. If Sam Darnold was put on an elite team, he would be, I'm not going to use the word elite to describe Sam Darnold, but he would be a good quarterback. Maybe like a B-plus type of player. Right now, I have him pretty much right in the middle of the pile. He is an average player overall, but he is an athlete, and when you're an athlete, you have potential. We've seen athletes like Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson win MVPs before based off of their ability to make big plays, and Sam Darnold is one of those players. He doesn't quite have the football IQ these players had when they won their MVP trophies, and he definitely doesn't have the team, but he has a decent arm. He's improving every single year. His stats are improving every single year, and I do believe Sam Darnold is a quarterback that can move up this list before he moves down this list. And I can agree with you on a lot of those points. I think my biggest thing is just what he's surrounded with now. Future years, I think once Adam Gase is gone, because I don't think he's the future for the New York Jets, unless we're completely surprised this season, which we could be because I believe Adam Gase was the coach that led the Dolphins to the playoffs a couple of years ago, I think four years ago. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe, you know, we are completely wrong and the Jets just have an amazing season and he moves in, Sam Darnold moves into the top 15, maybe even top 10 quarterbacks just for this 2020 season. I would not be surprised, but mainly, you know, I put him on 28 basically because of what talent he has around him, which isn't that much, but this is a building team. I believe that Sam Darnold in the future could definitely move up this list based on talent alone. But because of what he has around him, that's kind of why I have him a little bit lower on the list than you do. And now for number 19, one of the veterans I have on my list for today, and that is Indianapolis Colts quarterback, Phillip Rivers. Now, Phillip Rivers did not have a good season last year for the L.A. Chargers, was expecting to make a playoff run and go back to the playoffs like they did the year before in 2018, possibly make a Super Bowl run. A lot of people in the offseason were talking about Phillip Rivers and this team going all the way. And for some reason, something just didn't click. Derwin James got hurt and that team just went downhill from there. So I think with Phillip Rivers, this is definitely 
a season where he can make his name known again. I think this is a season where he could stamp himself in the Hall of Fame if he has a good season. Even if he takes this Colts team to the playoffs and wins a playoff game, that is enough for me to say that Phil Rivers is a Hall of Fame-worthy quarterback. But Phil Rivers, I mean, he had all the talent in the world around him, and he couldn't do that much. It was one of his worst seasons he's ever had in the NFL, and I just don't see him doing really any better again he has a lot of talent around him and I think he's going to rely on a lot on the running game and again I'm not doubting his talent um but I just right now for Philip Rivers he's getting up there in age but I could see him making a run late in the season getting them into the playoffs but I don't think I can rate him any higher than this based on how he did last season and his age. I can agree with a lot of what you just said. Philip Rivers has always been underrated, in my opinion. He's had a couple of amazing seasons. He's also had a couple of bad seasons. But overall, Philip Rivers is a smart player. He's a longtime veteran in the league. He's changing jerseys this year. People always said that the Chargers held Philip Rivers back from being great, when now he has a chance to prove that that is exactly correct. He's around a great team, the best offensive line in the NFL. I think he has never been more set up to succeed in his entire career, and he has everything to prove this coming year to prove everybody that it was the team and not him. And my next player here, 18, is another player I have ranked a little bit higher than you do. We talked about him a little bit last week, and everything you said is exactly correct. However, I have Baker Mayfield ranked here at number 18 because I think he does have potential. Baker Mayfield's problem is that he's too overconfident in his own abilities, kind of like Johnny Manziel. It seems to be a Browns issue where he's just so hot-headed that he's going to throw the pass in the triple coverage. Sure, it's going to be a complete pass. It's going to be some kind of great, amazing play, and it'll make ESPN top 10, and then it's a pit six. Baker Mayfield is some of the reason the Browns didn't go to the playoffs last year, but he had a good rookie season. I think he has potential. I don't think he has the organization he needs to make his potential come true. However, he can rise on this list. I think it's more likely he falls down this list. However, overall talent, I do believe Baker Mayfield is top 20. That's why I have him here at 18. He was a former Heisman Trophy winner, number one overall pick. And Baker Mayfield can really shine in the league on a good day. He just needs to make that one day shining bright, one season shining bright, and that's all he needs to keep moving forward. So I have Baker Mayfield here. Yeah, and I think this is a pretty good spot. I mean, for me, I put him at 23, mainly because of last season. A lot of these quarterbacks I'm going off of last season, and again, a lot of these quarterbacks, I can see him being like Jared Goff. You have all the talent in the world around you, but you just can't get it done. And I can see why you put him here at 18 because of the change of scenery at head coach. That could possibly be really good for Baker Mayfield. And I can see him trending up this season because of that head coaching change. So I can definitely see why you put him there right at 18. And at number 18, a real surprise for a lot of people last year, a player who got comeback player of the year. That's right. I'm talking about Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill at 18 here for me. And I'm putting him I'm putting him here at 18 because I see him as honestly we saw it last year as one of the better game managers in the NFL. Now, again, he doesn't have all of the tools that you would really want to see in a quarterback and he's getting up there in age. Uh I believe he is in his lower 30s, 
But, I mean, for me, Ryan Tannehill is one of those guys. We saw it in the playoffs. He does enough to get you the win, and that is what you like in a quarterback. He didn't turn the ball over that much. He handed the ball off to Derrick Henry, and those few times, very little, but few times Derrick Henry got stopped, he had to step in, and he did. I mean, you know, there are two playoff games in a row against the Patriots and the Ravens where he didn't throw for 100 yards. He threw for under 100 yards. So the stats aren't there for him, but the leadership is there for him. And just a game manager is really what you need in the NFL to get wins. I think Ryan Tannehill is one of the better game managers in the NFL. But just because he doesn't have all the talent in the world, again, he's getting up there in age just a little bit. That's why I'm putting him here at 18. I've always been high on Ryan Tannehill. I thought he was great when he was in Miami. I think he was kind of like a Phillip Rivers type player. He was always overlooked in his career. And he is a powerful quarterback, and he cares about the game. And we saw that a lot last season, where he will truly do anything it takes to win. Ryan Tannehill has a lot of talent. I just have to see more than one season in a Titans uniform for me to be super high on him. But you're right. Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback, and he has a leadership potential. And we also have to see if Ryan Tannehill can play a full season, because we've seen him have some good seasons in Miami and that one season where Miami did make the playoffs he was having a good season until he got hurt and then Matt Moore had to come in for him so what's on the other side of the coin is whether he can stay healthy the entire season my number 17 quarterback may be another surprise that he's ranked this low however if you've listened to beyond the blitz in the past it shouldn't really surprise you I'm talking about brand new Patriots quarterback Cameron Newton Mr. Cam Newton here is a former NFL MVP winner a former NFL Super Bowl loser, and he's taken over a system that has been very well highly established. And if Cam Newton cannot succeed in New England, he cannot succeed anywhere again. Cam Newton lost his job in Carolina. He got injured. He hasn't been the same player he was since he made it to Super Bowl 50. And he's just been falling, falling, falling. And I never really thought Cam Newton was the world's greatest quarterback to begin with. I mentioned it a little bit earlier when I was talking about Sam Darnold, that Cam Newton is an athletic quarterback. He makes the big plays, and he is flashy, and he is shiny. Post his injury, he's going to see a lot less of these shiny, flashy plays. He's going to have to rely a lot more on his pocket ability to throw an accurate ball under pressure. And that is one thing Cam Newton has always struggled with. Cam Newton has a tough time throwing the accurate ball. He overthrows his receivers a lot. He'll underthrow his receivers a lot. And sometimes that leads to really bad interceptions. And Cam Newton's arm accuracy, maybe he's been working on it lately, but if he cannot improve that, he's going to have a very tough time in New England because New England is a pocket-passing style offense. And Cam Newton just doesn't really fit that. I'm not quite sure what Josh Daniels' plan is with Cam Newton. I believe in Josh Daniels' vision because he's always had success over there in New England in the offense except for maybe last year, and he's coming in here, not a lot of talent to help him out. I think he's going to struggle, and he's going to fall down this list before he moves up this list. And this is the third time, Brandon, that you and I have a quarterback ranked at the same position right here at 17. I got Cam Newton as well, and copy and paste a lot of what you said. I mean, Cam Newton, you know, coming off a lot of injuries, and that's why he's a little bit lower on the list than a lot of people would put him, because Like you said, he is in the best situation of his career to have a good season. And I honestly was debating whether to put him lower on this list or not. And I put him here at 17 because I think he has all the potential in the world to have a great season with New England, at least winning nine or 10 games because of that defense that they have. And like you said, he is getting up there in age and he also has had a lot of injuries. So he might be coming back a little bit from coming outside the pocket and 
really throwing the ball deep and having accuracy. One quarterback I can really compare him to as far as later in the season of their career is Michael Vick. You remember Michael Vick was that guy who just ran outside the pocket and got a lot of yards, and that really was Cam Newton. Yes, he could throw the ball deep as well, but Michael Vick, once he got later in his career with the Philadelphia Eagles, he really worked on his arm strength, and he really worked on that accuracy, and it worked well for him. I think it's going to be the same with Cam Newton. You say he's going to be a downtrend. I think he could be an uptrend here in New England. Again, you don't have a lot of the deep weapons that he had when he was with the Carolina Panthers. So throwing the ball deep might not be really the best of ideas because they don't have those fast, deep weapons there as Cam is used to. So he's going to really have to work on that accuracy. And I think he's going to put in the work this offseason to do well. And we're getting in that position where we're going to have a lot of players being talked about back-to-back. Number 16 right here is Phillip Rivers for me. You just talked about him. I just talked about him. Everything we said already stands. But Phillip Rivers is in a new team. He has a chance to succeed. If he doesn't do it this year, he's going to move way down this list for me. However, I have him here at 16, right in the middle of the league as far as starting quarterbacks are concerned. He is a veteran. He knows the game better than almost anyone in the league. He has potential. He's always been underrated. I think he's going to show signs of greatness. He has T.Y. Hilton, which is not a downgrade from Keenan Allen. So he still has his number one target, the best offensive line in the NFL, one of the best defenses in the NFL. And I believe Phillip Rivers has the potential to lead the Colts to something great this year. I mean, the Colts, they lost Andrew Luck, who was not only just a good quarterback, but a great leader. And now you get a guy in Phillip Rivers who is a great leader on the Chargers, you know, for all those years, the good years and the bad years. So the Colts are getting a really good player, but they're also getting a really good leader. Not saying that Jacoby Brissett wasn't a great leader, but it's good to have a really good veteran in that locker room. And I think both on the side of talent and on the side of leadership, Phillip Rivers, like you said, he could, he has all the potential in the world to have a good season for the Indianapolis Colts. And right here at the halfway point, I have a young quarterback, made it to the playoffs for the first time last year, probably has one of the strongest arms in the NFL. I'm talking about the quarterback for the future AFC East champion, Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. Now, he's a little bit lower than I'd like to put him on this list, but man, there's just a lot of quarterbacks that... Uh, It's just hard for me to really rank a lot of these quarterbacks. So I'm going to put Josh Allen here. And one of the reasons why I'm putting him here is because that wild card game against the Texans, I mean, he is probably one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the NFL uh, for me. And I just saw in the second half, he just really couldn't get the ball down the field. He has one of the strongest arms in the NFL, but we could see the same kind of problem that Cam Newton has is you have a strong arm, but you can't really be that accurate. We saw a lot of games last year where Josh Allen threw the ball into double coverage right at the end of the game and threw interceptions on game-winning drives or right at the end of the half. We've seen that a lot. However, he is growing. He has not had a number one, a true number one weapon like Stephon Diggs before. So I think that is going to really change a lot. And I think a lot of his mechanics are going to change. So if there's any quarterback on this list, I think a lot of these quarterbacks that are right here, 20 to 11, they could trend upward on this list. And I think Josh Allen is one of those guys. I think he is the franchise quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, but he just needs to work on a little bit of his mechanics in the offseason. And now it's time. We're in the middle of our rankings. So we will get to our honorable mention This week, my honorable mention is Marcus Mariota, former Tennessee quarterback, current Raiders backup, 
And Marcus Mariota had pretty good success sometimes in Tennessee. He went to the playoffs. He was an athletic quarterback. He made good plays, and I was actually kind of surprised when they benched him. Kind of like Tyrod Taylor. The Bills gave up on him. I don't think Marcus Mariota's done yet. I think he's going to come in. I could possibly see him taking over for Derek Carr. I said last week, Derek Carr has make it or break it this year with the Raiders. Marcus Mariota could be that bridge quarterback for the Raiders. He's still got talent. He's not my top 40, obviously. He's not worth being a starter, but he could be a decent bridge quarterback because he has had success. He knows the game, and he still is an athletic player that can sling that rock around. I could definitely see him coming into Las Vegas and getting the starting job halfway through. I can honestly see... Gruden liking him a little bit more than Derek Carr at a point in the season. I mean, he's definitely a starting caliber quarterback. And yeah, I think he's not right there at top 40 yet. But he, you know, if he has a decent season with the Raiders, if they're doing bad and gets him a couple of wins, I could definitely see him on the top 40 at some point. And right now for my honorable mention, you had him on your list at number 36 and that's right talking about one year wonder case keenum now he did have a couple of good seasons you know with the houston texans and then he kind of fell off the charts with the broncos had a couple of good games we saw that with the redskins last year and i'm putting him on this list because he's not a bad quarterback consistency is his biggest thing from season to season but we do see a couple of games throughout the season where he has a good string of like maybe two or three games where he does well. His leadership is there. I think he has the arm strength to get the ball down the field. And I wouldn't mind having Case Keenum as a backup on my team because he has starting experience. And I could see him coming into the game down 14 points and getting the team back in it. Maybe not winning the game or maybe winning the game, but getting the team back in it. So I can see him as one of those quarterbacks who could eventually, maybe the next couple of years, maybe come in because he is the quarterback of the Browns. If Mayfield doesn't do well, I could see Keenum coming in, having a couple of good games. You never know with the talent you have around you in Cleveland. So Case Keenum, my honorable mention. And it's not surprising he's on your honorable mention because he is still a decent player. He's not retired yet because he still has something left to prove. And next up, number 15, you just talked about him at number 16, Bills quarterback Josh Allen. He has the highest rating arm power in Madden 21, fun fact. And there's a reason he's not ranked any higher is because he has a little bit of an accuracy issue. His arm power is so high because he always overthrows his receivers. However, Josh Allen has so much potential to move up this list. I could see him in the top 10 next season, pending a good year. He has a great defense that will keep getting him the ball when he needs it. The Bills have so much potential, and if Allen plays up to his potential, they are a force to be reckoned with. They will win the AFC East for the first time in forever, and they will make it deep into the playoffs. It's all on Josh Allen's back at this point. If he can play great this season like I know he can, the Bills will be the team that we think they are. Josh Allen has the arm strength. He just needs to work on that accuracy a little bit. And he's still a very athletic quarterback and is not afraid to be aggressive running the ball when he needs to be. Yeah, I already talked about Josh Allen. So I'm going to move on here to number 15 for me, the Offensive Rookie of the Year last season. I believe there are a lot of people. He is right now in the number three in the race for possible MVPs for next year as far as who we're talking about. Because we saw guys like Patrick Mahomes in his second season win the MVP. We saw Lamar Jackson in his second season win the MVP. Could we see number 15 on my list, Kyler Murray, trend up in the top 10, if not even top 5 quarterbacks 
coming into this year next year. But I have him here at number 15, mostly because I think he just still has a little bit more to prove this season. Now, he finally, again, Lay Fitzgerald, a good number one. But now he has a younger number one. And DeAndre Hopkins, and man, does he have a good receiving core with Christian Kirk, Lay Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins. I think Kyler Murray has all the talent in the world to make the playoffs this year. But again, he only has one year under his belt. I would put him higher on this list. But the biggest thing for me for Kyler Murray is that he I think he just needs a little bit more experience to get a little bit higher on this list. I think one year with DeAndre Hopkins will shoot him up this list because I think he has the ability to do something special like a Russell Wilson. I honestly could see him having success this year, but I'm going to put him at 15 right now. But I am expecting him to move up this list. I'm telling you, man, people are sleeping on the Cardinals this year. This is going to be a good team moving forward. Kyler Murray entering his sophomore campaign. A lot of praise for this young kid. I wasn't too high on him when he was drafted. I'm willing to say I was wrong. I think Kyler Murray is going to be something really special. I can see highlights of Deshaun Watson in him already, and I am excited to see what he can do moving on. My number 14 pick is another quarterback you talked about just a few minutes ago, and that is Tennessee Titans new quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, as I said earlier, you know, he's a leader. He'll do what he needs to get it done, and he ended the Patriots dynasty. Him and his star running back Derrick Henry can really ice a game. It's a dangerous duo, and I'm excited to see what the Titans can do this year in Tannehill's sophomore year of being a Titan. Yeah, I mean, I talked about Ryan Tannehill earlier, and I think he is a good leader for this Titans team. And yeah, I mean, we've both said it. Titans are most likely going to make the playoffs this year. So, and Tannehill is going to have a lot to do with that as well as Derrick Henry. So it's going to be interesting to see if Tannehill can have that season where he has over 3,500 yards, over 30 touchdowns, and show that he can be a starting franchise quarterback in the NFL. And number 14 for me, 10 spots ahead of where you had him. You had him at 24. I'm going to have him at 14 here. Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is one of those guys who has average seasons almost every year except for his first year in the NFL as a rookie coming out of Mississippi State. Had a great season and has really kind of gone down a little bit and then stayed average a little bit. Dak Prescott has, again, I've said this about a lot of quarterbacks, but I'm going to say it especially Dak Prescott because I said it about Jared Goff. I said it about Cam Newton. Dak Prescott has Everything that he needs to have a great season. He has a Super Bowl winning head coach. He has three starting caliber receivers right at his disposal. And I think he has all the talent really to do well in this league. The biggest thing is decision making right at the end of the game. You know, I haven't really seen a lot of Dak Prescott, except for maybe a couple of games at the very end of the game, coming down the field and doing well and getting a touchdown to get your team to win. However, I will say last year, Dak Prescott did suffer, according to Pro Football Focus, 43 drops last year, 20, and that was the most in the NFL last year. I think that had a lot to do with him not having as much success. Again, now he has three starting caliber receivers. I think that could help a lot. I think he might, just might, if he does well enough to earn that contract, move into the top 10 this upcoming season, but I will agree with you. As you said last week, this is definitely a make or break season for Dak Prescott. I got to say, I was starting to sweat that you'd have Prescott in the top 10. I was wondering when you were going to mention him. I'm happy he's not any higher because he's just not worthy of it. 
you're much higher on Prescott than I am. Again, we'll see. It's the NFL. Any given Sunday, 16 games in a season, Prescott will not impress all 16 games. I can tell you that much. And you're going to see why I have him ranked lower. But again, you never know. Prescott can possibly shine. He has a good team around him. And they got CeeDee Lamb now. CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, he's got Zeke in the backfield. He has the talent, and he has absolutely no excuse not to succeed. If Dak Prescott does not have top five stats this year, he's not worth it. Because any quarterback with that team can succeed, and Prescott needs to play like he's a good quarterback instead of an average one, and I just don't think he will. My number 13 pick is another player, kind of like Phillip Rivers, who's always been underrated simply because of the team they've been on. He's always been a game manager. Come back, King Matthew Stafford, Detroit Lions quarterback here at 13. Matthew Stafford can read the field. He can make the plays. Calvin Johnson definitely helped out Matthew Stafford in the early years. Now he doesn't have too much going on for him, but... You know, he's still got a few seasons left in him. I hope the Lions don't give up on this kid because I have him ranked so high because I do think he is a high-caliber player. He can get the job done, and if he was on a good system, a lot like what I said with Phillip Rivers, he would be a star. I still think he is a star. I want him to play like a star, and I think we're going to see some things. He's the reason the Lions have not been completely irrelevant. If Matthew Stafford was not on that team, the Lions would still be the worst team in the NFL. He has given this franchise at least a little bit of hope. Hopefully we can actually see him win on Thanksgiving Day this year. Yeah, I mean, Matthew Stafford, I saw a stat on Twitter. Somebody posted on Twitter saying that the Lions, in the games that Matthew Stafford has started, I think it was like 50% of their wins came on like game-winning drives in the fourth quarter, which basically means that Matthew Stafford is carrying this team and I think like you said I think he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the NFL I think he's got all the talent to do well again we said this about Derek Carr but maybe a change of scenery is what Matthew Stafford needs with the Lions I could see him going to a team that has a younger quarterback and competing for a starting job especially if he has a lot of talent around him which he has the last couple of years but again we saw last year the Detroit Lions were really high at the beginning of the season because Matthew Stafford was starting so I could see him having a good year despite the team not doing as well and number 13 I think this one might be a little bit controversial um, for a lot of people but right now 13 I'm going to put Deshaun Watson here at 13 and the reason for that is there's just a lot of good quarterbacks right here right around this spot Uh, there are a lot of quarterbacks who really like Deshaun Watson can move outside the pocket can throw down the field but you're at 13 out of 40 I mean that's a pretty good feat for Deshaun Watson his third or fourth year coming up in the NFL for him and again we saw last year man that game I think it was against the Raiders where he got his eye poked and he still with one eye open threw it down the field game winning touchdown and then we also saw last year against the Bills getting out of two tackles of a game ending sack most likely getting out of that throwing to his running back and him going down the field 25 yards game winning field goal Texans win I think it's really a downgrade for him because he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins, but he does have a couple of targets around him. And again, I think he could do well enough to possibly win that division or just possibly make the playoffs. I think he has all the talent in the world. I think the Texans did the best job they could of getting what they could around him. I don't know what Bill O'Brien was thinking by getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins, but I think Deshaun Watson, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, but just at number 13 because I think they're just some better quarterbacks in the NFL. Who? 
How is he this far back on your list? Deshaun Watson is, I'm going to say it, elite. Deshaun Watson's a great athlete. You have him ranked at 13. I can't, I'm surprised by that one, Justin. I got to say, spoiler alert, we'll get into Deshaun Watson next week for me. I'm going to get into my 12th pick quarterback right now. I'm talking about Arizona Cardinals sophomore year quarterback, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is nothing short of an athlete. He's a stud. And if he can start to read defenses like a veteran quarterback, he's going to move up this list. Definitely top 10 in the future. Hopefully, I don't have to put him down this list. At 12, that's a high praise for him. He can very well move down this list. I don't want him to. I want him to move up this list. Sophomore year quarterbacks, you never quite know if they're going to keep up their rookie success. We've seen so many rookie quarterbacks fail in their second season, such as Baker Mayfield. Then we see other quarterbacks like RG3 who just get injured and and are never the same. I'm hoping Kyler Murray doesn't suffer the fate of some of those quarterbacks. I do believe he can play like a stud because he is a stud. And I was wrong about you, Kyler. I thought you'd be a bust. And I have you ranked here as the 12th best active quarterback in the NFL. So I'm willing to say I was wrong. Kyler, keep it going, man. Yeah, I think Kyler, like I said earlier, copy and paste a lot of what you said and what I said earlier too. I think he has all the potential to possibly even be Offensive Player of the Year. I think he's that dynamic of a player and of a quarterback. So yeah, I can see definitely see him at number 12. And number 12 for me, this is a player that just gets hurt a lot. And I think he'd be top five in my list if he had an entire healthy season. That's right. I'm talking about Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz. This is just a great guy, man. I think he has all the talent in the world. He's a great leader. I mean, just seeing the series all or nothing on Amazon, just seeing him really lead that team for an entire season healthy last season. Man, if he stays healthy, we could see something great from him and the Eagles, but he just doesn't have a lot of the talent around him that he used to. I mean, we saw all this stuff that's happening this offseason. Deshaun Jackson, I'll just say that's great that Jackson is doing what he can for the community. Um, and also Alshon Jeffries getting up there in age. They did just get Jalen Rieger in the first round of the NFL draft. But Carson Wentz, man, he's just one of those guys. I think this is a season where if he can stay healthy an entire season, we could see that year they won the Super Bowl. We could possibly see him being in the MVP race this season. I'm going to copy paste you because I got Carson here at 11, one spot higher. Carson is a great player and when he's healthy he is one of the best players in the league and this just goes to show how much injuries can affect a player if this dude could stay healthy i am afraid to see how he could be potentially hall of fame worthy he just can't stay healthy man and for that reason i could see moving down before moving up which sucks to say man because this dude has so much potential to be one of the greatest but his bones are just so brittle that i think his career is going to be ended kind of short he has a few seasons hopefully he can stay healthy in these coming years fits his injury problems because he is a great player on the field and off the field indeed because he's a leader and he's playing with a decent team around him you know the eagles still have some work to do but people seem to forget that the Eagles would not have went to the Super Bowl that season if Carson Wentz didn't make that team when it was that year. Carson Wentz played a full regular season, very healthy, got injured just before the playoffs, and Nick Foles stepped in on a team that had all of this momentum that Carson Wentz built. Foles was able to win the Super Bowl with Wentz's team. Carson Wentz deserved that Super Bowl ring, and I hope he never forgets it. And you just talked about one quarterback that has gone to the Super Bowl. He did win it, was on the sideline for it. But let's talk about the quarterback representing the NFC last year. Here at number 11 for me, Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, a lot of people said last year that Jimmy Garoppolo was just the guy that 
really like a Ryan Tannehill was just relying on the run game. And we saw that in the NFC Championship against the Green Bay Packers. But we also saw a lot of games, I think about the game against the Saints last year, where it was Jimmy Garoppolo that led them down the field. Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, again, he had that defense and he has a talent around him. That's why they got a lot of their wins. But let's not forget, Jimmy Garoppolo is a real good game manager. And that was only his first season as a full-time starter. He went all the way to the Super Bowl. So again, he does have a good run game, especially with that running back by committee in the backfield. But I just can't ignore how good of a game manager Jimmy Garoppolo has been. Again, not going to put up all the stats that you want him to put up as a starting quarterback, as a potential franchise quarterback, if not the franchise quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. I just think that Jimmy Garoppolo is right now the guy for San Francisco, and I think he's done enough to be in this top 20, but not quite to get into the top 10 for me. Jimmy Garoppolo would have been a completely irrelevant player if he didn't have those two games in New England. He proved so much in his first NFL game that he had potential, and the 49ers saw that. He came to San Francisco. He got injured. People said Garoppolo wasn't worth it what they were paying him. People were ripping the 49ers apart. And what happened the year after that? Garoppolo came back. He played a full season. Took a 3-13 and team to a 13-3 and team. Took him to the Super Bowl. They didn't win, but come on, man. You're playing against the best team in the NFL in the Kansas City Chiefs. Don't get your head down about that. You battled it out there with the best. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm tired of pretending he's not one of the best because he is one of the best. And he is still young. He still has so much career left in him. And he's on a good team. Just because the 49ers one year removed from being the worst team in the NFL doesn't mean they're not one of the best right now. And I, this upcoming season means everything for Garoppolo because he could very well prove us wrong right now in our rankings by having one bad season next year. I just don't see it happening because he has a team, he has an arm, and he has leadership potential. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes today's episode of Quarterbacks 20 through 11. Join us next week as we go through our top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, 10 through 1 in order, as well as our last honorable mention. Where will your favorite players land? Maybe we've already discussed your favorite players. Odds are we probably have. Anyway, thank you all very much for listening, and we'll see you next time on Beyond the Blitz.